Hi, and welcome to the Vine Community Church Podcast. We hope that what you're about to hear will help you to flourish in God's grace and bear fruit through loving God, loving each other, and loving our community. Well, good morning. It's such an honor and privilege to be with you. We want to welcome you again. I'm John Adams, one of the pastors here. Thanks for coming to the Vine, whether you're here in person uh, it's nice to see COVID uh, kind of settling down a little bit, right? Yay? Yay. Yay. And uh, it's good to see you online too, though I don't see you. And uh, we want to celebrate our risen Jesus today. That's why we come together. And we've been looking at that wonderful story of the uniqueness of Jesus and his story. And we've been looking out of the Gospel of Luke. And again... You know, the resurrection is the most important event in the history of mankind. And we get to celebrate it here today. Do we believe that? Do we know that? Do we rejoice in that? Yes. 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 All praise to the Lord Most High who gave his life and is raised from the dead. His resurrection distinguishes Christianity from all other religions. His resurrection is the reason why we will rise from the dead. Did you know that? Someday soon when we are all dead or heat returns, we're going to be raised to life because he was raised to life. This is a reason to celebrate, is it not, church? Amen. Amen. Thanks be to him. So we've been looking at this Last week, we saw, of course, the events of Jesus. Uh, Tim, Pastor Tim brought to us the triumphal entry and the, the, the arrest of Jesus and his beatings and then his ultimate death. But so important is this, is you know why he died. You know that? He died because we need a savior. We are separated from God because of our sins. Scripture says, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. And guess what? It's not just one of us that struggles with sin. We all deal with that, right? For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And Jesus died, but thanks be to God, he didn't stay in the grave. On the third day, he rose to life. And when he rose to life, he defeated literally... Death itself. And he offers to you and to me a real life. Life now and life forever. Hallelujah to his name. Praise God. So the events we find here, he came into Jerusalem. He was arrested. He went to execution on a cross. And now we come to Luke 24 where he has risen from the dead. The disciples... The 11 that are left are are up in an upper room and they're hiding because of fear. And and there they've heard three stories that we see earlier in Luke chapter 24. We read two of them just earlier. Remember the women came first to the tomb to anoint Jesus' body. But guess what? The angels said, he's not here. He's risen. And then... Peter goes, and he is amazed. He encounters 
the risen Christ. And then, and then finally, there's two people. We think it's Cleopas and his wife. They're walking along this road to a town called Emmaus. And there Jesus, after walking for hours, they don't, they, they're kind of clueless, sometimes like you and me. And he opens their eyes to see and behold the risen Savior. And so, uh, so these disciples who are up in the upper room have heard these stories. And they're bewildered. They're doubting. They're fearful. Man, you know what? We can hear the stories of the resurrection Christ and be still struggling with fears, doubts, depression, anger, hopelessness. But Christ has come that you might live and live in his abundant life and knowing him. And so that's what we're going to be looking at today. Luke 24. And we're going to be looking after these three encounters of resurrection. The disciples, again, are here, heard these stories and we find them in the upper room. And remember, as we read this passage, this is God's holy word. Thanks be to him. Luke 24, verse 36. And as they were talking about these things, Jesus himself stood among them and he said to them, peace to you. But they were startled and frightened and thought they saw a spirit. And he said to them, why are you troubled? And why do doubts arise in your hearts? See my hands and my feet, that it is myself. Touch me and see, for a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. And while they still disbelieved for joy and were marveling, he said to them, have you anything to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish and he took it and ate before them and then he said to them these are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures and said to them Thus it is written that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead and that repentance for the forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. And behold, I am sending the promise of my Father upon you. But stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. This is the reading of God's word, he has revealed himself to us. Glory to his name. Amen. And so today, as we look at this passage, we're going to see that there are a lot of strugglers in this passage, right? These 11 knuckleheads. You know, they don't get it. Over and over again, Jesus told them exactly what was going to happen, and they're still clueless, and they're fearful, and they've heard three stories, testimonies, accounts 
that Jesus has risen from the dead, and they still don't believe. But guess what? <laughs> we all struggle, right? We all, st- st- we all deal with fears and doubts. Every one of us is struggling in some way. You know, for example, you know, when you get a little older, you think about people around you and even seeing pastors that, you know, who were maybe even godly great men and they don't finish life well for whatever reason. And I'm like, God, I don't want to do that. (laughs) I want to finish well. And sometimes I struggle with that because there's some fears, right? And I have to say, God, please, risen Christ, you're the one who's faithful. Keep me faithful before you. Please help me because I struggle. What are you guys struggling with? What doubts, what fears, what anxieties are you facing in your life? You see, in this passage, we'll see that Jesus rose from the dead to draw struggling people to himself. He meets us wherever we are and whatever we're facing and struggling with. And here's the beauty, with compassion and patience, he cares for us and draws us. Well, see, first of all, draws people who are struggling with their emotions. You see that in verses 36 through 43 of our passage. Remember, it's late Sunday afternoon. The Jesus' disciples are hoveling in the upper room. And there they, uh, we see this also, the same story in John chapter 20, verses 19 through 25. And they're fearing for their lives. Now remember, these are the same guys who had just recently denied and deserted Jesus. And Jesus, John's account in John 20 says, he, he comes and literally he walks through the walls with his glorified body. And he stands in their midst without going through the door. What do you think the disciples thought he was going to say to them? <laughs> you know? You know? But look what he says to them. It's shocking. It's amazing. Verse 36, he says to them, peace to you. Peace to you. He should have condemned them to hell. He should have turned them an ash in a flash. He should have zapped them or something bad. But he says, peace, peace. Peace to you. The peace, the word is shalom. It means the reweaving and rebuilding, refabricing of all things. Isn't that beautiful? And and it can also mean a kind of a a settledness, a, a, a confidence that though things are going really bad and they weren't going so well for these disciples at this moment, It's going to be okay because the risen Lord is for you and will give you life. You know, think about it for a second. If you've ever struggled with, you know, doubts about Jesus and his resurrection, 
These guys are fearful. They're denying Jesus. They're, they've heard all the accounts. But in a few days, after Jesus ascends and he pours out the Holy Spirit, they're preaching him like crazy. They're facing kings and, and persecution. They're willing to go to prison and they're celebrating when they get beaten for Jesus' name. They're praising God in the prisons. Some of them died. In fact, all of them eventually died, were killed for their faith. How did they do that? What changed them? What changed them, church? I'll tell you what changed them. Jesus rose from the dead. Jesus rose from the dead. He rose so that they might have life and live differently. And their emotions were, were completely transformed by his power. You see, but verse 37 says, look, when he came into this upper room, what did they think he was? They thought he was a ghost. I don't like ghosts. You know, they didn't like ghosts. But Jesus takes the time to patiently demonstrate to them that he was real. Remember that he wasn't just resuscitated on the cross. He didn't just swoon, fall over, and they kind of did CPR on him. No, he really died, right? Really died. Testimony and evidence shows that clearly. And he wasn't just a spirit. He comes and shows them his glorified body. We see more about Paul's teaching about the glorified body in 1 Corinthians 15, 20 and following. And it's the same kind of body we will get if we follow him, if we know him. This is super good news because Jesus didn't just come to save disembodied spirits. You know, so in heaven, our spirits are just kind of floating all around, right? He came to save all of you, your entire body. He's going to raise your body and your body's going to look much like his body, his glorified body. I don't know. Maybe you'll walk through walls. Maybe when he ascended to heaven, he flew. I don't know what the body's going to be like. But we know he, he ate here. We see this. He holds his hands out and his feet where he shows them the piercings of his body 10-inch nails that had made huge impressions in his hands and his feet. He eats some fish with them. Isn't God good to show that he is real? That he shows them the evidence of his very body. We have a Savior who's so patient with us. He's kind of like so patient like we are with our kids. Remember when they were about three years old and you had to say, don't touch that stove, honey, it's hot. And and like, likewise, Jesus said, touch my body. See that I'm real. Know that I have risen from the dead. Be confident in your emotions that I have defeated death, that you might have life. What a good God we have. And whether you've been a follower of Jesus for 30 years or this is your first day to follow him, this is really good news that he shows us. He says, I'm a kind of savior that meets you in the midst of your 
crazy, vacillating emotions, fear, anger, distress, depression. Just go on and on. Whatever you're, you're struggling with, he, the risen Lord, meets you. And he was raised to life to, to care for and touch and change our all-over-the-map emotions. But it's more than that. He comes to teach us, you can believe and trust in me. Even in the midst of the craziness of your life, I'm going to help you. I'm your savior. I promise you will have life eternal and you will be transformed as I am transformed into my glorified body. Hallelujah, what a savior. And so, uh, you know, I think about just that peace, that settledness that Jesus himself brings to us when we, when we believe in that, right? When we trust that he has risen from the dead for us. And, you know, years ago, uh, my daughter Melissa, who's here today with Jason, and she has two children, Charlotte Ann, two and a half, and Thomas, a baby. But uh, you know what? When she was born, she was born a pound 13 ounces at 26 and a half weeks. That first day, and she was in the hospital for more than 70 days, and often the doctor said, she's probably going to die. Go see, go see her. Go be with her. So my emotions are like this. You know, up and down. And I remember that first day when, when Lizanne had, was having emergency C-section. She almost died, and she gave birth to this little baby. It looked like a little bird who got kicked out of the nest early. <laughs> and, and, man, I'm like, I literally, this was at Gwinnett Medical. There was a, um, a linoleum floor. I can remember it. It was pretty bright in there with the lights. No one was in there. I don't know why I was in that room. I hit my knees, my face on the floor, and I cried out, God, God, I need you. We need you, Lord. And I want to say this. The peace God poured out to me wasn't that just she was going to be healed, she was going to be physically okay. What he said to me, John, and these were not in literal words, said, John, it's going to be okay. I'm with you. I'm with her. I'm with Lizanne. You see, whatever you're facing in your life, you're all over the map emotions. You might be struggling a lot with stuff like that or other things, marriages or family problems, finances, world issues politics, whatever it is you're struggling with, Jesus has come to meet you and heal your struggling emotions. So I want to ask you to pray. Maybe you've had doubts about Jesus being raised from the dead, or you've had a hard time believing that he died and rose for you. I just want to ask you to pray this prayer. In your heart, pray this, Jesus, 
If you are real, show me. Jesus, if you're real, show me. You see, if you pray that sincerely right now today, guess what? He says, if you seek me, you will find me. Knock and the door will be opened. Will you pray that if you're struggling with emotions or trusting him in any way or believing even the resurrection? Jesus, if you're real, show me. You see, he comforts struggling emotions. 2 Corinthians 4.14 says it's because of his resurrection, knowing that he who raised the Lord Jesus will raise us also with Jesus. That's the hope. That's the confidence he can give you. He will raise you up. He will give you life now and forever. But he doesn't just comfort struggling emotions. He doesn't stop there. He goes deeper. With compassion, he draws us, secondly, people to struggling with understanding. And we see that in verses 44 and 45. You remember the disciples, they had this real fixed mindset. You know, when you have a family member with a fixed mindset, that's not an easy thing to deal with, right? These disciples had a fixed, hardened, stubborn mindset. They thought Jesus came as a Messiah to fix their problems. What were their problems in that day? You might know this. But the Romans had had conquered Israel, the Jewish people, and now they had a puppet government of Jewish people and others ruling over them, but they all reported to Rome. And they hated the Romans, and they just wanted to see the Romans overthrown. They thought that Jesus came to be this conquering king at this time. But Jesus said over and over to them, I'm coming to be your suffering Messiah. And of course, all the Old Testament points to that fact too. But they had this perception, and they couldn't get out of their own heads They could only think one direction. This is how it is. You've got to be a Messiah who comes and helps us with our problems. How many of you all, and now this is true for me too, you think, I come to Jesus, to God, to help fix my problems. He can. He often does. But that's not why he came primarily He came to give you understanding, a new perspective, a new mind. To know that no matter what problems you're facing, it's going to be okay because he is with you. You can trust him. You can believe him. He alone can give you that open mind and understanding to believe that. And so we see this in in what Jesus does so spectacularly you see that he says, I'm going to fulfill all the Old Testament. Remember, he, the Old Testament was called, we see in verse 44, he says, everything written in, in, he calls the law, the prophets, and the Psalms. That was the three parts of the Hebrew Bible. So that's all the Old Testament. He says, all of that I will fulfill. I will make come true all those promises. But I'm a different kind of king than what you're thinking. 
you're not seeing it right because your thoughts and understanding are caught up in, really, you and your situation. But do you see why I really came? And here's the beautiful thing that Jesus does. Look at verse 45. It says, Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. Jesus changed their thinking. He gives them a new paradigm. You know what a paradigm is, right? It's a whole new way of perceiving things. Now, some of you don't know this, but most of you look really blurry to me right now. It's not your problem. I, I know you're beautiful and handsome and you look great in your Easter stuff. But I can't see you very well. I got to have these. And with these, now, oh, ooh, I can see you. Hey, hey. It's amazing what God does is when we trust him. We, you know, we look at his word, read it, it feels very blurry. What's that about? I don't get that. How does that fit? Don't understand it. That's not for me. But if you ask him, he will give you his glasses to read and understand and open his word to your minds. Isn't that powerful? Don't we want that? Hallelujah. He gives us a whole new way of seeing if we will trust him in that. And that's the beauty of his great work is that he changes our, not just our, our, our struggling emotions, but then he gives us understanding of his word and he helps us with our objections and our questions. He doesn't just like say, oh, just, you know, tough it out or just have faith without, without me helping you understand. No, God is patient and kind. And he comes to his disciples after three and a half years of caring for them. And now he says, I am going to change the way that you see all of your life. You're going to see with a new paradigm, there's going to be a massive shift in your mind that brings you an understanding of my resurrection work. This is what Jesus does. But he doesn't stop there, thanks be to him. He gives them, he, he addresses their questions and doubts, and he gives them a new way of thinking. This understanding comes from the Holy Spirit. We know that, the third person of the Trinity that he gets sent after he ascended into heaven. And he can change your distracted thinking. Maybe you're not <laughs> engaged even right now on this message. He can change your mind right now to see with his eyes. Instead of focusing on your problems, your wants, your needs, he can cause you to look and see the world in a whole different way based on his perspective. And that really is mind and life changing. So I don't encourage you to pray this prayer with me. If we can put it up on the screen. It's this, Lord, help me to understand your word and your work. If you ask, guess what? He will 
he will answer. Will you pray this out loud with me if you humbly desire to know him more in his word and have your mind open to his word? Will you pray this with me? Pray it out loud. Lord, help me to understand your word and work. Man, amen. And he is right now. He's helping you right now by the power of his person, his Holy Spirit. And this is vital, but he doesn't stop there. He goes even deeper. Jesus rose from the dead to draw struggling people like you and me to himself. Verses 46 and four through 48 tells us with compassion that he draws people struggling with trust. I think this is the deepest issue we have. Do we really trust him? Yeah, we can have pretty good emotions even and maybe some understanding of scripture, but do we trust him? Do we really believe that Jesus rose from the dead for you and me and that should change you? You see, after he opened his disciples' mind with understanding, verse 46, he reminded them why he came. And he did this throughout the Luke's gospel. We could, we could cite several examples. One is Luke 18, 31 through 34. He says, I've, I'm going to Jerusalem where he was going to be crucified to suffer, die, and be raised from the dead. Do you believe? And they didn't. They didn't get it. They, they didn't get it. In verse 46, again, he promised, I'm going to suffer for your sake. That means he took their punishment of their sin for their sins. And imagine what that meant physically, you know, for a cross, 10-inch spikes going through you. But imagine if you had someone you had perfect relationship with, never any glitch in your relationship, everything was and all of a sudden, they turn on you. They pour out venom and such anger like you've never seen. Do you know that's what the Father did to Jesus the Son at the cross because of our sins? Because that's what we deserve, but we didn't get to, we didn't get it. Praise God. Jesus took our punishment for our sins. And his spiritual suffering was far greater than his physical suffering. Would you agree? And then in verses 47 through 48, he commissions his followers, that's all who believe in him, to be his witnesses of his resurrection and life-changing work. And, and to be a witness is get to know God. Let God flow through you. You should be different, right? Are we different? In the actions and the way that we live, Christian, are you different? And then sharing your faith, it's not so tricky. It's not so hard. Just simply tell people what Jesus did for you. Just tell them. Show them by your life. Yes, that's a witness. And tell them what he's done for you, your story is so powerful. 
don't undermine or underplay the value of your story of your faith and sharing that with others. And then finally in verse 49, he promised that he would not leave us alone. It says, but they stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. What does that mean there? Well, we know in John 20, he says, receive the Holy Spirit. He was saying, you're going to get the Holy Spirit, my spirit. He called the Spirit of Christ throughout much of Scripture. I'm going to pour myself, God, in you as you believe in me. And the Spirit is going to help you believe in my unique work and help you to share him with others and live differently. Praise God. He does does this great work for us. As we read earlier, Jordan led us in Ephesians 2. It's not by our work, so we wouldn't post it. Holy Spirit working in you and through you to believe even about the resurrection and then let that others know it's really true. Jesus rose from the dead. You see, again, verse 49 is talking about really your trust, your heart being changed. But it's not your physical heart. It's not like getting your arteries unclogged, right? Physically. It's about your spiritual heart, which is really the core seat of your desires, your affections, and your wants. What do you desire? What do you put your hopes in and your dreams in? What do you put your wants in? That's what your heart is really fixed on. But God, through his resurrection power, can change your heart. One guy in early prayer calls it your liker. (laughs) He can change your liker. He can cause you and me to want what he wants for his kingdom and his glory. And no more just having to be about our self stuff, our, our wants, our desires, our American consumeristic lie that won't satisfy your aching heart. And so the risen Lord can change your emotions, your understanding, your mind, and your heart, what you trust. Jesus really did rise from the dead for you. Do you believe? Do you believe, church? Will you believe? Will you continue to believe outside of this service? We say yes here, and glad you are. Will we say yes out there? Yes. I believe Jesus has risen from the dead. It's changed my life. It's what my life is about. So, today I want to ask you, just in closing, to pray a simple prayer. I want to, I want to ask all y'all to do that, if you would. The plural of y'all, all y'all. And join me in this prayer. If you, listen, if you, if you've never trusted Jesus, this would be a great day to do so, Right? whether you're online, whether you're here, 
If you're feeling that prompt, that nudge, don't resist it. Receive what he's telling you to do. Which is exactly what I'm telling you to do right now. Receive him. Trust him. You don't need tons of faith, just a little. And if you already know Jesus, you're a Christ follower, your relationship is absolutely secure in him. You can be confident in Christ. Your past, present, and future is secure. You don't have to be overwhelmed because you still struggle with sin. What does scripture say? There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Amen? Yes. So, we need repentance, faith, and obedience continually renewed as his followers. Let's do that today. So pray this out loud with me, if you will. Those of you who have been believers for many years and those of you who are coming to faith to Jesus maybe for the first time right now. Will you pray this prayer? It's on the screen. It says this. I'm going to read it first. Risen Lord, this is your word. Grant me repentance and your forgiveness. Open my heart, mind, and emotions to trust you. Don't just pray this rotely, but pray this with simple faith. Will you pray this out loud with me together? Risen Lord, this is your word. Grant me repentance and your forgiveness. Open my heart, mind, and emotions to trust you. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, help us to trust you. We struggle with our emotions, our understanding, and our trust. Help us to believe you. We love this day. What a day. But Lord, help us 364 other days of the week to say, Jesus is risen and that's why I live. And I have hope because of it. Lord, change us, we pray. Give us, change us by your grace. It's simple. Sometimes it's just very soft, the whisper of the Holy Spirit whispering in our ears, you can trust me. I will do the work for you. You can believe I have risen from the dead for you. Thanks so much for joining us for this podcast. For more information, you can visit us online at thevinecc.com, download our mobile app, or visit us on Facebook or Instagram at thevinecc. Have a great week.